Welcome to Around and Around the OCD Circle. My name is Elizabeth, and I have been living with obsessive compulsive disorder for over 60 years. I am not a therapist or a member of the medical community. I am just an ordinary person like yourself who will be sharing my thoughts and experiences with you with the hope that you will feel less alone. If you don't have OCD, I hope you will learn some information that will help you understand this disorder better. Some of the topics I will be covering may be triggering for you as a listener. If so, I apologize in advance. Since I don't know what your triggers are, please refer to the episode summary in the show notes before listening to each episode. If at any time you feel like hurting yourself or ending your life, please, please call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 if you are in the United States. It is open 24 hours a day and you will be connected with the nearest crisis center to receive immediate counseling and local mental health referrals. Now, on to today's episode. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Around and Around the OCD Circle. I'm so glad you found your way over here. If you would like, please go back and listen to previous episodes because I do reference those from time to time. Also, I want to remind you that you can contact me at any time at Around and Around the OCD Circle at gmail.com or also on my other social media links, which are listed in the show notes. I did receive a question from Marla. Thank you, Marla. She said, Elizabeth, have you ever been a skin picker? Yes, Marla, thank you for your question. I have been. Uh, Skin picking disorder is also called dermatillomania or excoriation disorder. It's a skin picking disorder. I think you've given me a topic I can do a, a show about. So yes, I have picked my skin. I used to pick mosquito bites and moles and... I used to pick my lip and just absolutely rip the entire skin off of my bottom lip. And I started that as far back as I can remember, maybe first or second grade. And I still find myself doing it. And my wife is always saying, quit picking that. But it's not as bad as it was. So I think I will go ahead and address skin picking on a future episode. Thank you, Marla, for your question. And I greatly appreciate this suggestion as a future topic. Today I wanted to start it off and talk a little bit about what's going on with me today. Last night I had a dream about one of my Facebook friends. Now I haven't seen this woman in over 10 years. And I think I met her mother one time. She hasn't been posting about her mother on Facebook or anything like that. But last night for some reason I had a dream that her mother died. And when I woke up this morning, I was a little bit panicked. And so I spent today checking Facebook. I couldn't tell you how many times I checked it. Does this ever happen to you? There's not been one post from this woman saying anything's wrong with their mother. I used to do this with plane crashes. I used to have dreams or premonitions of planes crashing. And I always felt really guilty because I thought, I need to call somebody. I need to let somebody know that a plane is going to be crashing today, even though I had no idea where it would be. I think this might have started because one time I did have a dream of a plane crash and there was a plane crash the next day. But anyway, so that's how I've spent my morning. And so I just hope you're having a good morning 
and we're going to be talking today about panic attacks and the reason I want to talk about it is because I had a panic attack on Monday. I rarely have them anymore. I have them maybe once every four to six months, maybe twice a year I have a panic attack and so I'm going to read to you from ChatGPT, that's what I've been using for references lately, about panic attacks. A definition is a panic attack is a sudden episode of intense fear or discomfort that reaches a peak within minutes. Symptoms often include a rapid heartbeat, sweating, trembling, shortness of breath, a feeling of impending doom, and physical sensations like chest pains or dizziness. Panic attacks can occur unexpectedly or in response to specific triggers. They are a hallmark feature of panic disorder, but can also occur in other anxiety disorders or as a result of stress. It's important to note that while OCD and panic attacks are separate conditions, they can sometimes co-occur. For instance, someone with OCD might experience panic attacks related to their obsessive thoughts or during exposure therapy. Managing these conditions may require a, comprehension, a comprehensive approach tailored to the individual's specific needs. All right, so I think that's really interesting to note, especially if you're listening to my podcast and you don't have OCD, that panic attacks happen to all people. You don't have to have OCD to have a panic attack, but if you do have OCD, you're probably going to have them, and they are not fun. And I had one on Monday, so I'm going to talk a little bit about what happened, how I took care of it, what my plan is in the future. So Monday I went shopping and I had quite a few things to get at the store. And the first thing I noticed was that it was extremely hot in the store. I mean, it's been over 100 degrees here for over three weeks. And I had a neck fan that I was wearing. And I turned the neck fan up to the second speed. But I was still hot. And that kind of started a little bit of anxiety for me. The next thing that happened was a woman was walking around with a very unusual hairdo. And I never seen it before. It was distracting to me. I kept looking around the entire time I was trying to shop, looking for her. It was as if I was trying to tell myself, did I really see that? And I'm not trying to shame the woman. If she wants to wear her hair that way, that's perfectly fine. But it just stuck in my head and I just could not get rid of it. So there was a little bit more anxiety there. So now I'm on from a 1 to 10. I'm probably on a, like a 4 or 5 right now. Next thing that happened is a homeless woman walked up to me. And she asked me if I had a couple of bucks to help her buy a few things. And I looked in her cart and she had more than a couple of things. And I told her, which is true, you know, I don't have cash. And she was smart and she said, well, can you charge them on your credit card? And I don't know, something just told me not to do it. I've done it in the past. I've, I've bought things for homeless people in stores. But, you know, by then, like I said, my anxiety was already growing and I just did not, I didn't want to do it. So I said no. And then she started going around to other shoppers and asking them the same question. And so, of course, my attention was taken away from shopping, looking around, seeing where she was, trying to hear what the other customers were saying to her. Fast forward, when it was time for me to check out, this homeless woman got very upset at the register. She started screaming really loud across the store and at the cashier, yelling at a woman across the store who may or may not have agreed to purchase some items for her, but it was very upsetting and that pretty much topped off my day. So we're going to talk about what happened 
in the middle of that. So I was in a clothing store and I do this thing where whenever I'm looking through pants, I have to touch the brand tag with my right index finger before I go to the next pair of pants. It slows me down. Well, I was doing it with tops as well on Monday. And I noticed that if I couldn't find the brand, I was actually taking the items off the hangers, looking for the brand, touching it, putting it back on the hanger and putting it back on the rack. And it was it was totally pissing me off. I was so angry. I was so mad at myself. And I think that just about did it for me. So what did I do? What, what does a panic attack look like to me? Well, let's just talk about how a panic attack manifest itself for people. Again, I'm going back to chat GPT here. So physical symptoms, they have physical symptoms, psychological symptoms, and behavioral symptoms. And if you've had a panic attack before, I would love it if you would message me and let me know. Tell me, you know, if you know what triggers it or what kind of symptoms you have. I really want you to feel like you're not alone and I don't want to feel alone. So physical symptoms are rapid heartbeat or palpitations. I don't really believe I get that one as much. The next one is chest pain or discomfort. I definitely get chest pain. Shortness of breath or feeling of choking. I do get short of breath, but I do not feel like someone's choking me. Sweating or chills. I definitely sweat. Trembling or shaking. Yes, I tremble and I shake. Nausea or stomach discomfort, uh, more nausea, I would say. Dizziness or lightheadedness, not actually during the panic attack. Numbness or tingling sensations, I don't think I've ever had that symptom. Feeling of hot flashes or cold flashes. Well, I was already hot, so yeah, hot flash on this one. There's some psychological symptoms of a panic attack. Let's see what I have here and you know, you can tell me what you have. Intense fear or sense of a pending doom. I have had that. In this one, I did not. Feeling detached from reality or oneself. Fear of losing control or going crazy. I did feel like I was losing control. I was getting upset. I just wanted to get the hell out of the store. Feeling like you're dying or having a heart attack. I didn't feel that on Monday, but I have felt that in the past. I know I did talk about my worst panic attack ever in a few episodes ago. I was in Vegas, and I really did feel like I was having a heart attack during that one. Overwhelming sense of dread or terror. I am not really sure what that means to me. I don't think I ever really feel that. Maybe maybe when I have them in the car, and we'll talk about that, because I do get them in the car sometimes, and I am afraid because I can't figure out how to get home, or I can't figure out how to get to the place. Irrational thoughts or fears. Yeah, I have that sometimes. Now there's behavioral symptoms, like restlessness or pacing. Avoidance of places or situations that have triggered panic attacks in the past. Seeking reassurance from others and hypervigilance or constantly scanning for signs of danger. So some of those I have, we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that. So how do I, let's see, how do I handle, well, let's just talk about what I did. So 
you know, I was having trouble breathing, my chest was hurting, I was sweating. I usually cry during panic attacks, but I didn't cry during this one. So what I ended up doing was leaving the store and going to sitting in my car with the air conditioner on full blast until I calmed back enough to go inside and pay. And I want you guys to know that it's okay to quit. It's okay to take yourself out of situations. I mean, that's really what I do. Um, that's what I did when I was in the casino that time. I just wanted to leave the casino, get away from what was, you know, triggering me, the patterned carpets. I didn't want to touch the lines with my feet. I remember that when we got back to the hotel, I actually jumped onto the bed as soon as we got in the room, I jumped onto the bed so that my feet were no longer touching the carpet. And the rest of the night, my wife, my then partner, had to bring me everything because I refused to get down on the floor and touch the carpet. I still remember that. So, taking myself away from the situation, that's what I did. Now, what can I do to help the panic attacks or keep them from happening again. So I'm going to say the first thing for me is if I have a lot of panic attacks in a row, like let's say, because I used to have them like daily, weekly, monthly, I would be on medication right now. I am currently not on medication for anxiety, but I assume in the future I there will be times when I, I will be again. I'm just taking a break right now. Right now, I don't really feel like I need medication to manage my panic attacks. But that's one thing I really encourage you guys to do if you're having a lot of these attacks to, you know, see a professional, possibly get on some medication, get into some therapy, get into some cognitive behavioral therapy. And maybe that will help lessen the recurrence of the panic attacks. And... Like I said, my first thing I do usually is take myself away. So when I have them in the car, I pull off the road, I get off the road. And once I get off the road and and talk to somebody on the phone, my panic attack starts to dissipate. It takes a while, all right? When I got home on Monday, I immediately sat down on the couch and I told my wife what had happened. And I thought I was fine. She listened. I thought I was good. I, I felt pretty calm. I felt pretty focused. I was having trouble focusing on the way home. But by the time I got home, I just felt like, okay, I have to go to work now, work remotely. I can do this, you know, I can work. And then about an hour later, it just was like I needed to lie down and go to sleep. It was kind of like a sugar high when you eat so much sugar and you're just so wound up. And then about an hour or two, you just totally crash. That's how I felt. And panic attacks for me, I don't know about for you, but they drain me. They drain me physically. They drain me mentally. And so for the rest of the night, I had to just try to relax and not do anything that required thinking. And I did feel a little nauseated after that too. So I'm very curious to know, you know, what do you do? How does a panic attack affect you later on during the day I mean does it go away and then it's gone that's just not how it works for me I'm happy to announce that around and around the OCD circle podcast now has a Facebook page 
private, safe space where we can share our OCD experiences with others. Topics such as obsessions, intrusive thoughts, and rituals will be discussed by members who can relate to one another because we all have one thing in common, obsessive compulsive disorder. You are not alone. Join us, won't you, on the Around and Around the OCD Circle Facebook page. The link is in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Okay, so what I think I would like to talk about now is that if I if I would have left the store on Monday, let's say I would have left the store when my anxiety was at a level two or a three, I don't believe my panic attack would have gotten any worse. And so I think I need from this, I need this lesson from Monday's panic attack, in other words, I need to be more in tune with my body and my mind. So like, let's say it's a one to 10. So I was at a one, it was hot. Number two, the woman with the hairdo. Number three and four, the woman who was homeless. Number four and five, you know, I was tapping the clothes. Number six, I had to get in the line with the lady who was screaming. It just went up and up and up. It just snowballed. If I would have been in tune with my body, and my mind, I would have left at a number three and said, you know what, this is not good for me. This could develop into a full-blown panic attack and I need to get the hell out of there. So in a way, I feel like, I don't feel like the panic attack was my fault, but I think I could have managed it better. Like, I really want to put a stick note on my dashboard with a heart or something that reminds me that The first time I can't figure out how to get home or I miss my turn um, to a place I've been dozens of times before, go ahead and pull off the road then instead of driving around and around in circles and not getting anywhere and getting all upset. And unfortunately, I can't put a stick note, you know, right in front of my face everywhere I go, but I am definitely going to try to think about about my my mind and my body more. One other thing I do to prevent panic attacks for me is I listen to meditations on YouTube. I mean, you can find them anywhere, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, right? But I listen to meditations. So for instance, I have a fear of the dentist because when I was at 12 years old, I had a really bad experience at the dentist. They um, were gonna pull four teeth because I was going to get braces and they pulled two teeth one week and two teeth the next week. The first two teeth went fine without a hitch, but the second week they gave me way too much goofy gas, I truly believe. And I remember telling the dental technician, you're giving me too much gas. I was talking to characters on the posters on the wall. I was talking to people who weren't there. The dentist head in front of me looked like this great big round pumpkin right in my face. And so after that, I didn't go to a dentist for 25 years, 25 years. It's amazing that I didn't have a cavity after 25 years. I was super lucky. So now when I go to the dentist as an adult, they give me goofy gas. And I'm also, because of childhood trauma, don't like things in my mouth. And they know this. And I was very embarrassed at first, 
but the dentist told me I am not the only adult who requires goofy gas. In fact, one time I went and their gas line wasn't working and they said, do you want to stay or do you want to reschedule? And I said, no, I want to reschedule. I mean, I was taking care of myself, right? I don't want to bite somebody's finger and I don't want to have a panic attack in the dentist chair. So when I have an appointment for the dentist, about three days before I go, every night I listen to a meditation on the fear of dentists. I'm also getting ready to get on a plane in a couple of weeks. I'm petrified of flying, so I will be listening probably for a week before every night one of these meditations for people who have a fear of flying. I also listen to them about public speaking because sometimes I have to speak publicly for my job, and I'm petrified. And also at work, I have anxiety going to work. I have several meditations that I listen to about social situations at work or getting my work done and focusing on my work. My job is not difficult. I only go in twice a week. I work remotely from home the rest of the week. My boss is amazing. He's super calm. But I'm always afraid I'm going to make mistakes. And I only have a few more years until I retire and I'm ready to get the heck out of there. I literally don't want to be there anymore. I mean, have you ever had a teacher who was a teacher who was getting ready to retire and, you know, they just give up. They just don't want to work that hard. They don't want to try that hard. They're ready to get the heck out of there. Well, that's kind of how I am right now. Every night, the night before I have to go to work, I tell my wife, I don't want to go tomorrow. I want to call in sick. And she's like, no, you need to go. You need to face it. And so that's what I do. So I listen to a lot of meditations. I had something else that I was going to talk about, but I've lost my train of thought. See, I'm not focusing. I guess the bottom line for me, what I want to say is that in order to prevent panic attacks from starting, you have to manage your anxiety. And so that's where cognitive behavioral therapy really comes into play because if you can change, let's say you have a ritual, let, let's say you wash your hands 20 times in a row, and we've talked about this to throw a wrench into the ritual, change it in some way. That's why I always say just change it a little bit. Only wash them 19 times in a row. Don't go to five times. That's going to be way too much anxiety. Just change something very, very small and just feel a little bit of anxiety at a time. So if we can manage the anxiety from growing, we won't go into a full-blown panic attack. And I didn't manage mine very well on Monday. So again, I hope that you will contact me. Let me know what you think about panic attacks. Have you ever had one? Have you never had one? Like, I can't imagine anyone who has an anxiety disorder never having a panic attack. If you have it, I'm so happy for you. But I really would like to know how you address them. And also, if you would like to be a guest on this show, please message me. You can be a completely anonymous on air. I look forward to talking to you. Feel free to suggest future topics for this show. Again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a beautiful day. Until next time, bye.